0: Okay, so we are back with Cornelius uh, Schumacher. I hope I pronounced that right. (laughs) Uh, uh, This time, you're here uh, as a representative from Deutsche Bahn. Uh, But but in case we have listeners who didn't pay attention last time, so perhaps you should introduce yourself once again.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm happy to be back. Um, last time we talked about uh, KDE and the KDE Free Cute Foundation. So that's basically where I'm coming from, uh, working in the community, in the KDE community, but generally in the open source community for many, many years. And uh, I've done that as, uh, yeah, as a volunteer job, for, uh, basically from the beginning, and I never stopped doing volunteer work in this area. But I also uh, got into the, the open source business, if you want to call it that, that way. Um, also, relatively early, working for Linux distributions. I worked for SuSE Linux for a long time, and uh, nowadays I'm working at Deutsche Bahn, the, the German railway company, at the IT dot. Uh, db sister and uh, i have the position there with a nice title open source steward so i'm uh, kind of combining a lot of the experience i gained over the years in the community and then in the industry regarding open source into this role which uh, yeah, brings things together i would say
0: so steward open source steward is steward uh, the title for people walking around in the trains As you think, people. So, does this, does your title reflect the train aspect
1: of, of your work? Um, th- th- that's actually an interesting question. Um, I-, I don't know exactly how <laughs> how this title was created. So so that that was before my time. So th- this was the title of the job description, basically before I joined. Um, in, in normally, I think in other companies, especially in the English speaking world, you would call that an open source program office in some way. Um, so what that, that's effectively what I'm doing. So the, the tasks and, and uh, the re- responsibility is similar to that, what you would anchor and expect in an open source program office.
0: Cool. This is something we're discussing quite soon. One th- private thing, you did write Contact, uh, the KDE tool, didn't you?
1: I did write parts of it, yes. So I okay. was part of the founding group. Uh, contact is interesting because it's a combination of several applications, um, and I was the maintainer of K-Organizer, the calendar part, and then we threw things together to create contact as an integrated suite. It um, was, was a really interesting uh, project, actually. <laughs> Maybe a topic for another deep discussion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So. Um, about Deutsche Bahn, is it a company or is it like an agency or?
1: Yeah, so we we are the uh, the, the big railway company in Germany. So with uh, yeah more than hundred years of history, um, so it's it's a huge uh, group um, of several parts. Um, so we are operating um, the net, but also operating trains, and it's uh, owned by the state. Um, um, so, so from this point of view, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty unique um, company. It's huge. Um, um, so, so that's also it's, it's one of the biggest companies in, in Germany, depending on how you count. And uh, obviously, I mean, running trains in all of Germany <laughs> takes a lot of people and takes a lot of effort. Um, so, so that also is the, the, the scope of the company is, is of course, uh, quite, quite big there. Cool.
0: So, uh, how? What kind of software do you do inside Deutsche Bank?
1: So, um, in terms of software. Um, Sometimes you, you wouldn't expect that, but uh, but of course uh, you need a lot of software to, um, to run the whole system. Um, <laughs> and uh, that, that's that's for sure. So from uh, the, the software which is in the trains um, through the software, operating all the infrastructure, doing uh, all the scheduling, uh, selling tickets, uh, but then also, of course also all the software uh, which you need to, to run such a company internally for uh, accounting for everything. And uh, not all of that is open source, of course um, but open source is um, becoming bigger and bigger and also the software part is becoming more and more important because using software is the only way to make these companies efficient so that's this uh, digital transformation I think a lot of companies are facing now and for such a company with a lot of history and a lot of uh, yeah heavy metal running on the tracks and so on uh, it's, it's sometimes not uh, not that easy to uh, to move into this uh, digital area uh, but on the other hand um, there's also a lot of opportunity and uh, so it's really exciting to to see what what is happening there software plays a big role there and i think what we observe in all um, corporations is that once once you start using software heavily, you will automatically also get into the question of uh, open source software, and you will automatically get it, and it's everywhere. So you have to deal with it in a, in a good way to, on one hand, uh, manage the risks which are associated with that, but also on the other hand, to take advantage of the benefits which, which come from using open source software.
2: Okay. Do you also use uh, sort of open source to to standardize software within the industry? I I mean, there is a lot of attention on on being able to book uh, international train trips and things like that. I guess you need API standardization or a lot of scraping, depending on how you build it. (laughs) it, Do you have any open source efforts
1: in that direction? Um, That's also a very interesting question. um, I think Deutsche Bahn is an example for a company which, which is not primarily a software company. Obviously, I mean it's not li- like a Microsoft or a Google or Facebook, which which are basically software companies running running their business where software is the prime uh, product in the end. Um, so for us, it's it's a means to an end, and we need software to actually uh, yeah get get our jobs done and uh, manage the business, and um, so. From from this, I would I would say we, we are not at the forefront of open source uh, development um, ourselves. Um, it's something which um, is not as uh, um, yeah central to, to our our business. I would say because um, we have a lot of other things to take care of as well. Where also a lot of innovation and everything is needed, but software is becoming more and more important. And uh, these uh, standardization effort, what you see in other. Um, industries, um, I think that's also a a matter of maturity. So, So you have to do one step after the other. You can't just jump in doing open source from the start in a strategic way, way switching everything to open source, that, that would just not work in such a mm-hmm. complex and big company. So it's it's a matter of maturity, starting with uh, being aware of open source software, the, uh, control how, how you use it, uh, be in control of what is happening there. Um, also then starting to contribute, um, starting to also yeah, publish your own projects. And um, I would say we are, we are on this um, path of becoming more mature with it. Um, uh, So we we use it a lot and we are starting to contribute. Um, I I wouldn't say we are there yet with really this strategic use of open source uh, to to set standards. Um, It's also um, a very complex area. And of course, there are tons of standards and there's tons of standardization from all all kinds of uh, different angles uh, going on there. And uh, also, of course, uh, proprietary vendors are, are implementing standards and stuff like that. So it's, I would say, um, its a Deutsche Bahn is an example, I think, for these companies who, uh, yeah, gain experience and take more and more advantage of open source over time. And uh, we're certainly not at the, the forefront of what you can do there. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are getting there and uh, uh, graduating in our, our <laughs> literacy with open source more and more. <laughs>
0: do you use any when you procure software do you have some kind of clauses that you prefer free and open source software
1: um it's uh, I, I would say at the moment it's it's something which is individually uh, handled so there um, it, it depends on 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 the cases and and what we are doing there it's also um uh, Deutsche Bahn is a huge company so there th- there are lots of areas which, which are working there also we we are organized in a way where we have uh a lot of independent or kind of independent companies, um, so so they all have their own procedures. They're all their their own legal entities, and um, so it's 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 hard hard to find these general uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah rules, um, or it, it doesn't even make sense to have general rules for everything. So it's uh, again, I would say a, a matter of uh, getting more and more mature and spreading the knowledge um, about how, how you deal with open source software in the most effective way.
0: Cool. So you, you mentioned contribution. Do, do you contribute upstream uh, in, in in the name of Deutsche Bahn or do you do, you do that privately? <laughs>
1: so uh, we we do that um we actually have a contribution process which um uh, is uh, public as well so we have published our open source contribution policy on github um uh, which i think is is um, a really nice move uh, to, yeah to make it transparent also as an example for other companies um and to also get into this discussion about how how you do that how you handle that and that's actually something I personally also enjoy. The yeah, getting in these conversations also with other companies um, to to learn from them, and because yeah, as we uh, know, open source is a thing where the rules are the same for everybody. Um, you don't negotiate a, an, an open source license, but but you take what what is there. Um, so so there this community exchange of ideas and experience and so on it's, it's quite valuable and we are trying to contribute there um, especially in these areas where it's interesting uh, I think a lot of companies are in this situation that, that they are now getting their feet into the water of open source uh, slowly and uh, step by step and uh, they have to learn how to do that so good examples are always uh, nice to have uh, especially practical examples or things <laughs> which are not only Theory, but are practiced and and, uh, done in reality as well. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Did you have discussions with your lawyers about uh, contribution and liability and stuff?
1: Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the fun of my job um, that. Handling the the open source topic from this more general point of view, like, like on a company policy uh, level, there you have to look at all the different perspectives. I mean, we have the legal aspect, we have uh, economic as- aspects, we have technical aspects, we uh, we have the community. So, so you have to look at all these angles, a- angles, and bring that together. And um, that's part of my 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 job is um, exactly this. Um, yeah, building this bridge or or serving as a bridge between the the legal questions and the people who, who are qualified to handle them and the people who are doing the technical work and uh, bring that together and obviously when, when it's about policies and rules and so on then um, these have to uh, be in place have to be uh, uh, yeah go together with uh, all the other compliance work um, we, we have to do with with the laws which are there with the internal regulations and and um, everything so so talking to lawyers is, is uh, um, a good part of my job, um, and I actually enjoy that. It's it's, it's fun. <laughs> uh,
0: so, um, if you look back over the last uh, period, so who who is usually the toughest to convince the uh, financial department, or the lawyers, or developers, perhaps?
1: Um, I, I couldn't say that that there is a is a group which is harder to convince uh, than than another. I, I think I, I've seen it in in all groups. Um, sometimes you, you have lawyers who, who don't understand open source, but if they do it, um, it's, it's uh, easy to work with them or can be easy to work with them. Um, same with developers. Uh, I mean, there are developers who are very deep in open source who understand um, all the different implications of licensing and development practices and how this interacts and so on. So that, that's very easy to work with. Uh, but then there are also developers who, are, who, I don't know, just don't have experience with open source or they have a simplistic view on how open source works, um, so that that also can be, become uh, difficult. Some, sometimes it's, it's difficult to, uh, yeah, convince people that it's okay to contribute something to the public because they don't feel like like they are entitled to that or are just uh, not not experienced with that. Or on the other hand, sometimes it's the other way around. So so you have to explain to people that yeah, there are some rules you have to follow and you shouldn't ignore the license which is in the <laughs> repository you are using and stuff like that. So uh, from that point of view, it's, it's a very I think it's a wild mix of uh, challenges you have to overcome there and th- these are on all sides.
2: Did, did you see that you had to make changes in the way that your your development organization works in general? Um, uh, uh, some background to the question is that the, my reflection over procuring open source rather than procuring commercial contract is that it puts more, integration responsibility on your table or even if you pay for the integration you will end up with something that you need to maintain so it puts higher requirements on your own engineering organization as well
1: that that's certainly the certainly a, a part of it yeah um, um, I, I, I think there are, there are lots of challenges there and um, open so- the, the interesting thing about open source software is that, that it comes up in all kinds of uh, different areas also, also where, where you might not expect it. So when you buy a product, so and in, in the past you would just buy it and not, not think about uh, open source software and suddenly you buy products which consist uh, mostly of open source, <laughs> which also come with their own challenges. Or then you have the alternative of for some use cases, you can um, yeah maintain, uh, maintain it yourself or, or run it yourself and, and uh, buy support or not buy support so there are so many different constellations that, that, that certainly makes it makes it harder and um, I' I'm, I'm, I'm not completely I, I don't have the complete full picture there what is necessary to, to really do that in, in the full way because um, again in, in a huge company it's it's uh, hard to change structures um, but it's happening. That's actually one interesting detail about um, DBSister, the the company, uh, the daughter company where I'm working. Um, we went through a, a full agile transformation over the last few years, um, so a lot of structures have changed and um, a lot of um, yeah ways how we approach work and collaborating. Um, it, it's 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 becoming more uh, less a hierarchical system and more uh, the, working in a network and uh, getting the people who uh, who you need to to do the work, getting them together in in a in a yeah still structured way, but um, uh, um, I, I would say more flexible way. And um, this, of course, it's a challenge to go through such a transformation, <laughs> uh, but that also opens these these opportunities to to work with these things in a better way.
2: Are you moving in in like an inner source direction, even for your sort of internal development, or? or, or- Is it just a a coincidence that it sort of it sounds as if you're ending up closer to that?
1: Yeah, InnerSource is, is a topic for us, obviously, um, uh, also because I think it just makes sense. Um, and um, collaborating um, within within a big company, there, there are silos, of course. There are barriers. There, there are boundaries between different legal entities within the group and so on. Um, so the, the topic of how, how you actually collaborate, how you, can you use the software you develop internally, um, uh, that, that, that's that's a question which um, we're InnerSource source is uh, provide some answers, and uh, we we are also working on that. We actually have um, um, written an inner source license. Um, that's also something we we published. Um, I think I talked about that uh, last year, and um, uh, that that's one tool I would say a mechanism for us to make sharing within the group. Uh, on one hand obvious but also on the un- on the other hand um, regulated in a way which uh, fits um, our internal needs and uh, what what we need to do there to do that properly
0: i'm curious here do, do you have education within the company uh, for for developers for lawyers for financial etc
1: regarding open source you mean mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, to some degree, um, that's something we are also building up, um, doing more of that. Um, I think that's essential for for any company um, to, to have this knowledge about open source and being educated about it. Um, so, Yeah, I think many people bring some knowledge there, but um, of course uh, we need a systematic approach to make sure also that that the people who are dealing with open source software know what uh, what they have to be aware of there, especially when it comes to compliance and these kind of questions. um, Of course, yeah, you need to be able to answer uh, the, the questions or to find the questions you need to ask <laughs> at the right yeah. point in time. So that's, that's something where we uh, yeah, are in the process of building up trainings and stuff like that. So cool. Um,
0: you, you mentioned uh, compliance, so I'm interested, if, if we start by looking at the uh, like we we classify the software you're doing. So one would be like services, or it could be also internal use, and then we might have external things like Android apps. So if if look discard the internal stuff uh, and look at the services. So when I'm booking something online, so do, do you have any policies there on what licenses are okay and not okay?
1: Um, the the policy—it's—it's it's hard to answer this question with—is the license okay or not? I think that's uh, mm-hmm. because you have to consider, consider the the usage scenario. You have to consider—is it used internally? Is it used externally? Is it something which might actually be internal and might move to a uh, to an external uh, yeah. uh, point at some time? Um, also, depending on how how you use it, um, for example, Linux obviously is is a, is a system which is uh, everywhere. Uh, once you use the cloud, uh, you you run a lot of th- things on on Linux, and Linux um, with with the GPL license uh, is something where a lot of people would say, "Oh, this this license might be difficult because I might run into trouble there." But um, then using an operating system is something different than copying a uh, gpl library and modifying it so from this point of view you have to look into the details and um, that's what we are trying to do um, actually to uh, build up the policies in a way that they on one hand fit our usage scenarios we have also the typical usage uh, scenarios we have uh, and then give guidance about uh, what questions to ask and what what answers to give there to be able to decide and that that also comes with consulting of course and and helping p pe- helping People and helping teams to, um, yeah, understand what is needed there. So that's actually a big part of my job: answering questions about licenses and (laughs) similar things.
0: So, so it's it's like a use case based policy.
1: So. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, as, as I said before, we are not a software company as, as primary purpose. Um, so we are not in a situation like like uh, Google, for example, where uh, uh, the, the wrong license in the wrong place would uh, compromise the whole company. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think we are uh, uh, not sure if we are more liberal there. That, that's probably the wrong w- word. But um, I think the risk is um, the it's it's a bit uh, the risk is uh, different um than than in such a situation so uh, we we are trying to deal with that in uh, in, a, in a reasonable way i would say so we're not banning licenses um to, just because they are licensed but we are looking into the cases where where they might be used and um then take decisions how to do that okay. I really like the
0: phrase you used earlier, where you said a "heavy metal <laughs> <baseball>. <laughs> So you're actually getting paid to do to work with heavy metal. That that is like right. you know, a dream for me. <laughs> 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 okay, cool. The do you actually do apps for for mobile phones?
1: Yeah, there, there are actually a number of apps. I mean, there there are, um, it's a it's a whole zoo of apps. I would I would say um, uh-huh. um, uh, the the big one, of course, is the the DB Navigator, the the app you use uh, to to get your uh, schedule or to buy tickets. So that's obviously the uh, the, the app uh, the, the customers um, of of Deutsche Bahn all know. But then there are also other apps uh, to to help with um, uh, stuff like accessibility or more information. So one example. Is the, the Bahnhof Live app? Um, so Bahnhof, the German word for train station, um, which is an is an app which uh, gives information about train stations, like uh, schedule and like like information about what shops are there, opening hours, maps, and and um, all that. So everything you need when you are at a train station. And uh, this is an example for an app um, uh, where we actually have released uh, the, the core of the app also as um, open source software. So that's that's an interesting uh, project uh, where yeah people can look into um, how, how this is done and or uh, what we are doing there and also uh, are able to contribute. It's, it's kind of the attempt to also get on yeah on the level of the users get get closer with uh, the people who, who are uh, usi- using using um, yeah, yeah our apps and uh, have have more ways to interact there in a way which are beneficial for both sides.
0: Cool. Uh, what license did you choose there?
1: So our uh, usual license when we publish things is the, the Apache license. Um, um, the Apache license is uh, a permissive license, which um, uh, yeah, is very open. So only a few complications which are happening there. Um, for the the software we publish at the moment, it's mostly these kind of more infrastructure software or, or frameworks or something like that. So uh, smaller things or things which are uh, you're yeah, not the where well, you wouldn't build a business um, around selling the software in a way. So if you want to do that, then the Apache might have some disadvantages. But, but as an open license to share things, enable collaboration, and, and um, that um, we, we think that this, this is a good license, mm. um, especially as the Apache license is well maintained and uh, well defined. And yeah. um, that's something which um, I think is quite quite uh, useful. And obviously, it's a popular license. So many projects are using them. So our approach is not to to be special, but to go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing uh, successfully as well.
0: (laughs) So you didn't end up writing your own license? No.
1: (laughs) I I would never dare to write an open source license. I think that's that's generally a bad idea.
0: (laughs) The the thing is that every now and then we bash uh, a Swede who wrote uh, the program curl for writing his own license. So I think it's about time to do that now. So <laughs> why on earth do people write their own license? <laughs> <laughs> so that is done now. Uh, the, um, have you experienced a lot of the old classic FUD? Um, fear uncertainty, fear, uncertainty,
1: and doubt within Deutsche Bahn? Um I, I wouldn't say so. Um, in general, I, my my feeling is that the the um, yeah, I would, maybe it was a decade or maybe also two decades. The decade of fat is, is more or less uh, behind us. Um, I mean, it's it's not completely true, of course. Uh, There's still people who are not believing in the concept, or who are uh, uh, yeah, might, might risk some business or reputation or whatever. Uh, but in general, I think the the general understanding of the benefits of open source, and also that that it's not this hippie idea of uh, abandoning copyright and let everybody uh, do whatever they want, uh, but that it's actually a solid. Uh, way of developing software but also a solid way of doing business and mm-hmm. um, with all the software vendors um, adopting um, open source as a means uh, to do their business uh, obviously the interest in spreading that uh, has uh, vanished more or less i mean you what what, what i see is that um uh, so if we look at some companies who who fought against open source uh, software before i mean they of course they, they did that because they didn't use it and and they they were in danger of losing uh, but uh, at the moment where they realized that the freedom you get with open source is not only a threat, but also an opportunity. And that if, uh, as a company, I use open source software, I actually get the freedoms which uh, come with that. Um, uh, then as a company, you get a lot of benefits and you can take take advantage of that. And we see that, I mean, the cloud runs on on open source software. Um, I think there's there no other way how, how you could build um, uh, the, these kind of systems. And um, so when you are running a cloud, in some way uh, or running cloud software and, and you enjoy the freedoms of the open source software you use there, um, that's good for your business. And from that point of view, I think the motivation to spread FAT is uh, yeah, not, not as big anymore. So it's more about the practicalities, how how to do it. And, uh, and obviously, I mean, what we also have to see is that um, there are some, some risks which uh, uh, come with open source software and um, making sure that um, yeah, you're license compliant, that your software is secure, that, that you, you are in control of your supply chain, you know what is happening there, um, that, that, that you have the support you need and so on. So th- these are questions which um, in parts are more challenging with open source software. So you need to build up the mechanisms how to deal with that.
2: Are you involved in any collaborations around this? I'm thinking if there there are any, any groups or organizations that you can recommend working with or that you have experience from. Apart from KDE then, of course, but I guess that's less applicable.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, KDE is a specific part of, of software. So uh, that's uh, that's that's obviously not a general organization for dealing with open source. Uh, but, uh, I mean, we we know the, the big organizations, which are the Linux Foundation, the Eclipse Foundation, the Apache Foundation. I think the, these are all organizations which are... Uh, uh, yeah especially for corporations um that, that th- these are good partners because um you you get this neutral ground where you can interact with other companies um in a way which is um, regulated and fine and you need to get um, the experience and, and the exchange so what, what I'm—that's um, actually also part of what, what I'm doing, being active in um, in the Linux Foundation. That's the To Do group, the, um, uh, the group which um, yeah collects people um, running open source program offices and uh, developing material around that. So that's one group where I'm active. Um, another group I'm more uh, following uh, is OpenChain, where I'm also a little yeah. bit active. Uh, OpenChain as I think the the most important uh, project at the moment for corporations if they really want to. Uh, yeah, being control of their software supply chain. So I think that, that that's very important. And um, then also, of course, uh, more informal gatherings of open source people. There, there are tons of opportunities. And this networking, um, I think, is also one one of the powerful factors of open source that, that you can actually, yeah, deal with people which work for other companies in a way which is beneficial to all of all of um, us. And uh, that that gives us this power of the power of the many which is <laughs> at the core of open source
2: I have to ask are you a member of the open innovation network or invention network
1: the open invention network um, at the moment we are not um, so um, yeah that's that's obviously also an, um, I think an, a very relevant and important organization which which has done a lot for uh, for keeping the freedoms um, of open source and making sure patents are not uh, threatening it uh, in some way they have achieved what, what they wanted to do right I mean it's Uh, I think the patent threat also is is, uh, quite different than than it was now. And with companies like Microsoft joining, (laughs) it's. uh, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) against whom do you want to defend yourself if everybody is a member already?
0: (laughs) Cool. Um, No, I, I shouldn't say I can imagine, because I probably can't imagine the amount of data that, uh, you have uh, but how much of your data is open data when it comes to like t- uh, timetables um it's a bit outside open source.
1: Yeah, but but I think it's it's very relevant because uh, I, I always consider these um, different areas where you can apply the concept of open oh. as um, something which belongs together. So be it open data, be it open hardware, open content, op- open anything. I mean, there are so many things where you, where you get the ideals of um, open source and apply them in different areas. And open data is a topic um, uh, that's actually something where Deutsche Bahn also um, was was active um, already quite early. So um, already for a couple of years, uh, we have an open data portal, um, we have um, hackathons around open data, um, There's uh, we, we publish um, uh, open data um how much it is is uh, really hard to tell because as you say there is a lot of data obviously <laughs> in the company and uh, we certainly don't publish everything i mean that it's, it's still only a small part of what is really open um and that also f- of course has good reasons i mean you can't publish anything um so from from this point of view there is data available and uh, uh yeah for we are doing that for a couple of years already. And what I also like is that, that there's there's a community which makes use of this data and we are not the only um, transport provider who is public, publishing that. So in the, um, yeah, this open mobility community or whatever the correct term for this group of people is, um, uh, I think there, is, uh, there are lots of interesting people and also lots of interesting projects um, uh, which, which are doing uh, interesting things with, with, with the data. And uh, this, this can be quite, simple like, like uh, uh, open street map. So there's uh, a variant open railway map, which has uh, all the railway data there. Uh, you, you can just uh, see that. And that's of course easy because you can just look up where the tracks are and <laughs> put it on a map. <laughs> so this is kind of open uh, by, by physical necessity. <laughs> um, uh, but then we are also publishing data about uh, yeah, train stations, for example, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Cool.
0: So um, I'm waiting for the uh, for you personally to fix to make it possible for me to book a, a train from Gothenburg down to Berlin <laughs>
1: so, so that's your next task so is, is that still a challenge I
0: think it is the uh, but it, it, it may be on the Swedish side
2: uh, you, can, that... you can do it summertime I think yeah. that's the thing i'm not sure if it's swedish side or german side but you go as, over, as far as i point. know
0: the same train is uh, during winter goes up north the, <laughs> and during summer it goes like down south
2: i don't know but you have access to the it systems you just make it
1: happen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this idea of of uh, yeah making things work together and and this interoperability, these standards uh, which which enable everything. I mean, that, that's that's something where, of course, open open data, but also open software, uh, open standards all all play a role. So I think it, it's an opportunity. Um, then, of course, you need to manage somehow the collaboration between all the different involved parties. And the bigger the bigger it gets, the more difficult it is, obviously. <laughs>
0: I'm a bit curious. You you mentioned that you provided open data and you said something about like some communities there. Do you have resources um, set aside to communicate with these groups? Um, uh,
1: there, there are resources. Um, I, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I would I I wouldn't know how how to how to position that uh, because um, I I would say if if you run open source projects for example I mean you need to allocate resources to be able to maintain them and to organize community and so on so if you if you really have targeted efforts there where you want to um, uh, achieve specific project goals or create communities and so on I mean that, that's one of the things you always have to consider when you're doing open source that there is um, effort you need to kind of put into the um, the project as kind of um, activation energy to, to enable the collaboration with which then benefits. And um, from this point of view, it's necessary. Um, but but we don't have dedicated groups or teams which are only responsible for that, so so for that, we are not doing uh, um, yeah, enough really specific uh, of, of uh, specific um, projects of this this open source work. I I would say it's often part of of other roles, part of other um, initiatives uh, where we are uh, working with with people in the community or working with other companies and so on. So um, that's I think for for us, it's it's a general principle. Also for me, um, when when I said my role is uh, basically equivalent to what you are doing in an open source program office. Uh, We we don't have an office there. We don't have a dedicated team, uh, which only does that, but it's more like a distributed, a virtual um, team, a virtual effort where yeah, we work with the people um, who are on on the specific uh, topics or have the specific expertise, and um, then we are getting them together where they are needed. So it's uh, less Dedicated, but more, um, yeah, maybe on the side or or as as part of your um, regular um, tasks. What what you are doing there? Cool. Uh, how did you
0: you big, I figure you saw an ad somewhere uh, for, for this job, or do you have a or how did you get involved with Do Japan?
1: Um, the, the, that was the the power of the community again. So <laughs> uh-huh. uh, some people approached me and said, "Yeah, the, uh, the, this this might be interesting for you." And uh, so uh, then then I realized, "Ah, okay, I, I know some people here and there." <laughs> so people I met in the community, and uh, so it was uh, was like that. Uh, so kind of an organic thing uh, where uh, yeah. If, if you're looking for open source people in Germany, I mean, the, the group is uh, small enough that, that you can know a lot of them. So <laughs> 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 I think I have a good overview just, just by being there for more than 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool.
0: So I think we have a pretty good idea on Deutsche Bahn. Oh, what do you say, you want?
2: Yeah, I think so,
1: too. Is, is there anything else
2: you want to add,
1: something we forgot, Cornelius? Um, I mean, that. I think there are tons of things which, when, when you get into the details of how you are doing something like that. Uh, uh, Going to something which still is new in in many ways, using open source software, contributing to open source software, there are so many details. And I think what what for me, on one hand, is the interesting part and the challenging part, uh, what also excites me, but also sometimes can be uh, yeah, quite... Uh, uh, yeah, tough to, to deal with all the details is, is that, that you have to deal with all, uh, all the details. <laughs> so, so bringing all these things together and, and there, uh, what, what I, Really appreciate is that that the community builds practices which make it possible to to deal with these details. Be it like, like the open chain project, but also having standard licenses, also organizations like the OSI, which which make sure we have a definition of open source licenses and maintains that. And um, I think that this is all very valuable, and and I'm really grateful that that we have this uh, community which is active and where people are doing this this work of getting some order into the potential chaos which which open source can be and uh, from that point of view i think it's it's very important um so that's also where i'm personally trying to to help where, where i have some influence uh, but also where i'm grateful to the other people who do a lot of this uh, sometimes not very thankful work um of uh, keeping things uh, uh yeah, clear and have good rules and have good a uh, good setup, so so that, that we can rely on that. So that, that that's that's uh, yeah something which is uh, I, I think about that quite some time. And I'm always happy if uh, people are making also the projects out there, the open source projects are making it easy to use their software and are not uh, complicating things by I don't know changing licenses or <laughs> other interesting <laughs> things you can do there.
2: But it's kind of fun that you mentioned this sort of sharing knowledge. Because it, it seems like, I, I think you said the word digitalization in the beginning. And I yep. mean, it it's the same problems everywhere. So, so me and Henrik are currently in automotive. I've done some work around appliances, home appliances. And, and you're in a heavy metal train company band. So it's, <laughs> and, and it seems to be the same issues that you bump in everywhere, and there are common solutions.
0: Yeah. but it's funny going back to like 20 years when i started with computer oh my god it's even it's even longer so um when 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 you a had to explain free and open source software and b you were like almost ridicule it ain't gonna work it ain't gonna work and uh, but it's cute you are doing this uh I love your I love your style, blah blah blah, and and now it's part of uh, every every company's every day to day business.
2: So there you go, right? <laughs> Epic win! I told you. <laughs> so now we are just waiting for the year of the Linux desktop. That
1: it will come. It will come. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we will provide some link. Um, I'm... Uh, Curious about the Deutsche Bank contribution process. You, uh, The inner source license, is that also something that you have available?
1: Yeah, it's all on GitHub. We have a, a repository there, open source policies in the DB sister organization on GitHub. There we have published the contribution policy and also the inner source license.
2: Yeah, we'll, cool. we'll collect all that and put it in the show notes. Uh, I also noted down the you had an open data portal. So we'll make sure to, to collect that one. and. Yep. Get it in the links.
0: Super cool. So on behalf of Postnor, we thank you for being our guest one more time. And perhaps we should do a follow-up in like a year or so. See you to put pressure on you <laughs> on <laughs> your
1: progress <laughs> to see, yeah, if see you how can... the
2: night train goes <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. right if you see if you, if you can book your, your ticket then <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we i uh, i figure that the uh, main transport within the company the preferred way of com- uh, traveling would be by by train
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so cool
1: thank you bye